Welcome back to Starting Kyle Orton. God, we've been welcomed back to Starting Kyle Orton so often, haven't we, Kyle? Yeah, it's yeah. become old hat. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point we can maybe drop the the theme of the the reboot and just be like, well, I guess we're still saying welcome back to this week's episode. So welcome. You can never be welcomed back to Kyle Orton enough. Yeah. I don't think. That's like welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back, Kyle Orton. That's welcome right. You can, back. There's always room for a little Kyle Orton in your life. There is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what um, are we talking about tonight, Kyle? So tonight, you know, Travis, I've thought about it, and since we've come back, we've been a little too rational, I feel. Mm, we have yeah. had nuanced discussions. We've had statistics backing up every point, practically. We've been thoughtful. We've been balanced. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we've earned the trust of the people who've listened to us so far, and I think it's time we burned it. Let's burn the yeah. trust down. Let's get rid of the goodwill. Let's be like the rest of sports media. Let's just fire off takes tonight. We're in, do we're gonna cover mm-hmm. the defensive players in this draft, and just like a good player on defense, we're gonna hit hard, and we're not gonna think about it. We're gonna fire some takes. So instead of doing it like we did last week when we did offense, where we broke down the position groups, we did who do you like and what's their statistics. No, tonight it's time for hot, piping, steaming hot takes. We're gonna go point. Counterpoint. I'm calling it takeoff, folks. He's Nicholas Cage, and if you've ever seen Travis, I know we're not a visual podcast, mm-hmm. uh, but if you guys have ever seen Travis, the resemblance to Nicholas Cage is actually pretty strong. He's Cage. I'm Travolta. We we are we are facing off in the yeah. take zone. Um, we're gonna fire off some takes about the defensive players in this draft. So, uh, am I am I doing take one? You want to do take one? Who who wants to fire off first? I think you should go first. That was such a stirring introduction. All right. Hot take number one. The take coming in. I think, just maybe, Nolan Smith is the best edge rusher, edge prospect in this draft. And that's a hot take because Will Anderson is the anointed one. And I know you will we'll come back to Will Anderson later. And I like Will Anderson. But I watched this Nolan Smith fella, and he had a record-setting forty time for a defensive end. And you're like, Kyle, that doesn't fucking matter. He's not wasn't, forty. Wasn't it four three nine or something? Four three nine. That's disgusting. Johnny Knox speed at yeah. the defensive end. I know what you're saying. <laughs> I know Why? what you're saying. You you sons of bitches. You're saying. He's a defensive end. What defensive end is running 40 yards? You're right. You're right. But but still, there's speed there. There is quickness. And I know what else you're saying. Yeah, of course he's fast because he's too goddamn small to be a defensive end. And to you, anonymous person, or maybe to Travis, maybe Travis is thinking that. that I'm saying fuck off because <laughs> this man is explosive. He's got a great first step. And he can defend the run. He can set the edge. He played almost all of his snaps over tackle at Georgia. He was not an off-ball guy. He was lined up over the tackle. A lot of times his hand was in the dirt. And he set the edge. He has a, a run defense grade of over 90 for the last two years from Pro Football Focus. Despite his size, he can get after it. He can set the edge. He can get around your tackle. He can blow up your running play. And by God, with that speed... He can get to the quarterback. He had a pass rush win 
rate of 25.5%. That is outstanding, and it's even higher than Will Anderson, who is the gold standard in this draft as a pass rusher. So I have to say, we'll, we'll talk about the Bears next week and what we think they should do, and, and I, I think we both want them really to, to lock down an offensive tackle in this first round. But if they were to stay at nine and they were to go defense, the guy that would make me the least mad unless Jalen Carter falls, the guy that would make me the least mad is if Nolan Smith's there. And people are saying he's too small to be a 4-3 end. But you know what? When I watch this guy, the guy I think of is the dude used to play for the Indianapolis Colts long before Eberflus was there, but back when they were nonetheless running a Tampa 2-style defense, Robert Mathis. Six, same height. I think Mathis at the Combine weighed about four pounds more than Nolan Smith weighed in. And Robert Mathis was just a relentless pain in the ass to offensive tackles for over a decade in the NFL. And when I watch when I watch Nolan Smith and I try to project him into a 4-3 defense like the Bears have, that's who I see. And I think on, on third downs, on pass rushing downs, if you didn't want the guy to have his hand in the dirt anyways, you don't have to ask him to do that. You, it's 2023, 4-3, 3-4, doesn't matter as much as it used to. You can ask a guy to rush sometimes just straight out of stand-up position if that's where he's most comfortable in an obvious passing down. Uh, and I think Nolan Smith can be that guy. Uh, I'm betraying the purpose of the take a little bit because I do really like Will Anderson, and, and I don't know that I say this with 100% conviction, but the more I watch Nolan Smith, the more I love him, and the more I think, at the very least, if you don't take Will Anderson as an edge rusher, you've got to take Nolan Smith. And there's some other guys we're going to talk about later, but but Nolan Smith's that guy. Yeah, you to take I, up uh, my take? I, I will take off your take. I wish we could argue more about your hot take, but I actually completely agree with you. Uh, inside baseball, uh, a few few days, like six days ago, I texted you and I said, so what's the issue with Nolan Smith? I was trying to get you to give me, uh, you know, like last week you had your list of wide receivers who were smaller than a certain height and lighter than a certain, uh, like not as fast as a certain guy. And I was like, is there something for like Nolan Smith? Is he just too small? Is there no way he's going to work? And you were like, no, fuck you. He's definitely going to work. Look at Hassan Reddick. Look at Bob Mathis. And uh, the reason I asked is because he is an absolute monster. You talked about that 4.39 speed. He doesn't just have that top-end speed. He has explosiveness, and he uses it, man. One of the things I'm going to talk about a lot, because can you believe it? a lot of our takes are about defensive linemen, uh, is functional strength. So sure, you're a big guy, but can you use it? in a way that throws people off guards? Do you have a strong bull rush? Can you fight guys off of you when you get locked up and you're blocking on the line? Nolan is never locked up. This is a dude who is always fighting. He can beat you right off the snap, but he can also beat you with a juke move, with his speed. He gets around you inside or to the outside. He never stops working, uh, and I he just overwhelms tackles. And it's something that I don't see from other defensive ends in this draft. Uh, and you'll notice I'm going to let Will Anderson hang. I'm going to let him hang there out in the ether for a little bit. Yeah. So I'm glad that you mentioned Hassan mm-hmm. Reddick because that is exactly my fear that someone is going to do with Nolan Smith. Because Hassan Reddick was drafted in the first round by the Arizona Cardinals, and because he was small, he was 237 pounds, uh, Nolan Smith's 238, so it's a great comparison. The Arizona Cardinals got in their heads that they needed to make this guy like a flex 
like a flex player. They moved him inside. They moved him outside. And he only rushed the, each of his first three seasons in the NFL. He only got about 150 pass rush snaps. Okay? And it wasn't working out. He was not good enough in coverage. He was not good enough as an off-the-ball linebacker. And he wasn't getting enough opportunities as a pass rusher to really show what he could do. Finally, in the, the fourth year of his first-round contract, they didn't even pick up his fifth-year option. They'd already given up on him. And they were like, you know what? Fine. Let's just let him go back to what he did in college, even though he's too small. Let's just let him rush the passer. And what did he do? He had 11 goddamn sacks, and he was a relentless pass rusher. And the Cardinals had already declined his fifth-year option. They had to let him walk. The Panthers signed him to a one-year deal because I think a lot of people were like, this guy's still small. This was, maybe this was a fluke. He's only got one year of production. And what did he do with the Panthers? He got 13 goddamn snack, sacks because they let him rush the passer. And then the Eagles, being smart, being run with the best GM in football, Howie Roseman, like we mentioned last week, these were the guys to finally lock this dude up to a multi-year deal. And what did he do? He was a relentless, damn near 20 sacks, was just a relentless pass rusher part of one of the best pass rushing units we have ever seen in history. Um, and Hassan Reddick is exactly the guy I want to bring up with Nolan Smith because I fear someone's going to look at the size and they're going to say, let's play him Let's play him as a tweener. Let's use him sometimes mm-hmm. pass rush, sometimes in coverage. Kind of like uh, Phil Emery back in the day like the Bears did with Shea McClellan and it was a horrible sure. disaster. Uh, I think if you draft Nolan Smith, whether you run a 3-4, whether you run a 4-3, don't do the tweener shit. Just set him on the edge, let him play the position he's played in college, and let him get his ass after the quarterback. Because he can do it. I'm not worried about the weight at all. This is strong. This guy's strong. This guy's fast. Like I said, Robert Mathis is the 4-3 end that he reminded me of. Hassan, uh, yeah, Hassan Reddick is another guy. And a 3-4 edge rusher that he reminds me of. Just let him do his job. Let him get after the quarterback. Let him go for it. That's my take. So Nolan, it, I, I guess, I I don't know that given everything that Will Anderson is is able to do, I don't know that I can truly make Nolan Smith the number one edge rusher for me, but he's the clear number two, and I don't think he is for a lot of people. But, like, if you're taking defensive linemen in the top ten of this draft, I'm comfortable with Mark Anderson, I'm comfortable with Jalen Carter, and I am comfortable with Will Anderson. Those are the three. Well, what a Freudian slip. You mean you're comfortable with Nolan Smith, not Mark Anderson, right? (laughs) Will Anderson, (laughs) Nolan Smith. Mark Anderson... We're talking about a defensive end named yeah. Anderson. I think as a Bears fan, it's impossible. Not Too many to Andersons. Bear. Let's um, be honest. Yeah, we- absolutely. So, Travis, now you're up. You're up, and you're in the take zone. Give yeah, so story. I agree with you about Nolan Smith. It's just that I think he's the best defensive end. I think there are two dudes above him on the defensive line, neither of which is an edge rusher. Uh, and I'm talking about Jalen Carter. I don't need to waste much time talking about Jalen Carter. I think we all know exactly why he's the best defensive prospect. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think yeah, I don't think any. any there's any hot nope. take about Jalen Carter. No, but um, but being good. My number two after watching all the goddamn tape this week, uh, and I don't understand why he's not number two on everybody's board is Kalijah Cancy, defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. So wait, just to clarify for the good people, you are saying Kalijah Canty is not your number two ranked DT or defensive tackle, which I think a lot of people have him necessarily as the number two defensive tackle. You're saying out of all the defensive linemen in this draft, and, and it's a deep defensive line draft, you're saying Kalijah Canty is your number two overall. It's Jalen Carter, and then it's Kalijah Canty. If you had the choice, you'd take this man. That is correct, 100%. Understand. Let me, t- wow. That's let me tell you why. That's takeage. 
That's why we're here. Go for okay. it. I want it. I want right. to take. So, Pour it on me. Big deal about Will Anderson. The reason face. you want Will Anderson. Will is the perfect technician. He has ideal technique. He has every trick in his bag. You don't take him because he's got the biggest size. You don't take him because he's the fastest guy on the field. You take him because he is already fully polished as an NFL pass rusher, and I would agree with that. Kalaja Kansi, when I watched him, seems to have exactly as many moves, if not more, and he's willing to use them all at different times. If you look at a guy like Lucas Van Ness, we're not going to talk about him too much just yet, but he's a dude who basically just has one move. He's going to run straight at you and hope he tackles somebody, right? And that's very common for a college rusher. Uh, Coming off the edge or coming off the inside, they don't usually have that polish. Kalijah Kansi, if you look at every sack he had this season and you compare it to every sack Lucas Van Ness had, Van Ness, they were either just the product of a guy not blocking him or it was the product of him bull rushing. Kansi showed off every different move you can have. He speed rushed people. He's bull rushed dudes into guys. One of his sacks, he grabs the center, throws him into the guard, swim moves over him, and then sacks the quarterback. He has a... I don't even know what to call it. I'm sure there's a technical term for it, but he's so quick with his hands. He can knife his hand in there at the stab, get it underneath a guy's armpit, and swim move underneath them so much faster than a center or guard can react that he's already beyond them. He has so many tackles for loss where he uses this move. It's not quite a swim. It's just this. It's the explosion off the ball. It's the speed that comes from this guy. And that's going to be one of the big knocks against him, right? Why is he fast? Well, he's an undersized defensive tackle, right? He's going to eat basically the same argument that Nolan Smith is going to have against him. This guy is too small to play the position. This guy is going to get worked in the NFL. Here's my issue with that. And and to be fair, I do think it's a bit more of an issue to be undersized inside than on the edge. And this is a defensive tackle. I could see the argument. I could see the argument. But let me tell you what people always say about an oversized defensive tackle. A guy like Jalen Carter. What's the big thing, Kyle? You've been reading all these reports. What do they say? They say they have a problem getting enough leverage because they're too damn tall and they don't get down enough so that they can get leverage on these offensive tackles because they're just too damn big. Then you get a guy who's perfectly sized, six foot two like Kansi is, and they're like, you know what? He's just not tall enough. I don't know. You know, sure, he has great leverage on every snap, but is he just too small in the NFL? Here's my counter to that. This dude can throw around 80 center and guard. He has functional strength coming out the butt. This dude is pushing people back on every single play. Unlike the other defensive tackle prospects in this draft, the guy after him is probably going to be breezy. That dude hasn't moved a single center or guard that I've seen in the entire time he's been at Clemson. This dude's playing in the ACC, and he doesn't get movement on the line. Kansi gets movement on every single goddamn play. And you know what the benefit of having a dude like him who's a little bit, quote-unquote, undersized at defensive tackle is? You can move this guy outside. And I think he has a future as a guy who's going to move inside, he's going to move outside, and either way, he's going to stop the run, he's going to get to your quarterback. He already has the goddamn bag of tricks. I saw no holes in his game. The only holes I can find are that, allegedly, he's just too small. And if that's the only thing, yeah. I you know what? I'm taking that guy. Yeah. Uh, so to back up us... Give, it, give here, it to me. Um, we talked about pass rush win rate mm-hmm. with Nolan Smith and how 25.5% is ridiculous. Uh, Kalijah Kansi's pass rush win rate was 22.7%. So higher than Will Anderson still, um, right? 
higher than Will Anderson's. But again, I mean, I would argue that 22.7% from an interior pass rusher is more impressive than 25% from an edge rusher. That is some serious mm-hmm. disruption. Uh, and also to your point, I mean, he had an 80.9 grade against the run this year from Pro Football Focus. So, I mean, he didn't, he at least, he didn't lose at the point of attack too much in college. Um, I mean, but that's the concern because the the counterpoint that I would bring up with Cansey, the reason that I would be concerned with Cansey, because uh, the pro that's being brought up with Cansey a lot is the same guy who played the same position at the same college at Pitt back in the day and was also also fell to pick number 13, not to pick number 14 though, in that draft. <laughs> God damn it, one more pick. I feel so bad for Kyle Fuller. It's not his fault. How many times How many times do you draft a guy who literally made an all-pro team at mm. corner and is remembered as a disappointing pick? Not really, because he really wasn't a disappointing pick. It still feels like a disappointment because they were one pick away from Aaron Do, do you remember that draft day and us just texting each other just the saddest sigh? Do I remember? I couldn't like, forget. Why? Yeah, no, I, I, re- I, just, I think I remember both of us texting each other, yeah. fuck you, Jeff How could Peter, you? the minute that pick was made. But yeah, no. Um, anyways, but he's compared to Aaron Donald because Aaron Donald also was a little undersized um, and was just a monster at Pitt. Uh and I, he's not built the same as Donald. He's more slight than Donald is. He's not as raw. I mean, we we will never... I hesitate to name anyone, to compare anyone to Aaron Donald, because Aaron Donald is like the greatest... I, there's a, If you ignore positional value, folks, if you ignore the... Obviously, quarterbacks are more important than anyone else. If you ignore positional value, there is an argument for Aaron Donald as literally the best football player that has ever sure. walked the earth. Um, if D, you know how people get bored with Mike Trout in baseball and they don't vote him MVP every year, even though sure. They no, I know uh, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It, in the NFL, if if people didn't get bored with it, Aaron Donald would have been the defensive player of the year basically every year of his career. So it's not fair to compare this guy to Aaron Donald because that's an unfair comparison to everybody. But I will say he's specifically he's not built like Aaron Donald. I don't think he's going to be quite as strong. Um, and I do think he'll struggle with the double and the triple teams a little bit more than sure. Donald has. So I do feel like the more similar case is a guy that we kind of mentioned as a potential trade target for the Bears, which is mm-hmm. Ed Oliver. Um, and that was the last guy to get the next Aaron Donald label. And it's kind of been a curse for him because Ed Oliver's been a solid defensive tackle. He does disrupt. He gets pressure. Um but, I mean, every you talk to anyone in Buffalo, they just want to get rid of him. They hate the guy. They're, they're disappointed because they were promised the next Aaron Donald, and they got, you know, just a pretty good defensive tackle. And so I worry about that uh, with Cansey a little bit because we said a lot of these things about Ed Oliver, and he has had trouble um, consistently translating that dominance he showed on the college field with that size to the NFL. So that's, that's my one concern there. But, I mean, the thing I would say about that is, you know, Ed Oliver – if you could give me Ed Oliver in the back half of the first round, I'd take him. Um, so that's where I feel about Cansey. I'm, I'm not I'm not as in love with this man as you are. I I wouldn't love it if the Bears took him at nine. Um, but I do I do think he's promising enough to be a first round pick for sure. Yeah, I think so. I did see the Ed Oliver comparisons, um, and I kind of understand that. I think it's unfair to compare anyone to Aaron Donald because it's sort of like saying, "Well, you're not as strong as Brock Lesnar" or something like that. It's just a genetic freak show out there that is probably never going to be replicated again. You get one Aaron Donald every twenty years, and then you just say, "Like, 
wow, thank God that, like, I didn't know you could put that many muscles on a man. I didn't know you could have muscles that dense. Uh, and then you just think about it, you know, in your dreams. Do you think about Aaron Donald in your dreams? I do. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, have you seen that? Yeah, I have. A shirt on? Anyway, uh, so I thought about Ed Oliver. I went back and watched some of his stuff. Uh, and I think the difference is the technique. I can't say to me has such a well-developed technique that goes so far beyond what I've heard from other scouts at this point uh, mm-hmm. that I think he's already at that level where you think Ed Oliver might be this year or yes. next year, right? Yeah, the most encouraging thing about him is that he is super fast for a guy that yep. plays the position he's in, but it doesn't, I don't think that's the only thing he relies on. He knows how to use his hands, he has an array of moves, and that's actually why I do think the fallback plan for... I can't see, and the reason he really intrigues me is I think this is a dude that if he does kind of struggle in, inside, I think he's a guy that could actually transition outside mm-hmm. and play the edge because a, a great comp someone made recently uh, was Melvin Ingram, who kind of, when he was at South Carolina, he kind of played inside more often than he played outside in the NFL. Um, you know, he moved inside and out, but eventually he kind of made his home at edge rusher, especially as he got older, because let's face it, uh, the knees don't bend like they used to after a certain amount of time. I think we've all been there. Um, but yeah, Melvin Ingram built very similarly sure. to Elijah Kansi. So, I mean, if you're going to tell me the worst case scenario is that I got to move this guy off of defensive tackle and just get Melvin Ingram on the edge. I, I yeah, and I want to be that. clear. I think, like, um, you know, specifically if the Bears draft him, I know we're going to talk about it next week. He's definitely an option out there if they trade back, um, as some rumors have suggested they might again. Um, I, I think the plan would absolutely be to move him inside and out. I don't think he stays the three technique for an entire game. I think, you know, we've got Demarcus Walker because we want to move him inside and out. We just signed Green because we want to move him inside and out. I think if we do draft Cansey, it, it tells us exactly what the Bears' plan is, right? We're going to move a bunch of guys to the three technique, to outside, and they're going to switch on and off over and over and over again. And Cansey is absolutely the ideal to do that sort of thing in this draft. Yeah. All right, so I think I'm ready to move on to the next. Dude, go for it. Burn me. My take, my take, the guy that I have seen some people take top five, I have seen almost everyone take top ten, that I'm scared to even take top Mm -hmm. 20, is Tyree Wilson. All right. This man is a is a profile that uh, he, he has a profile that always mm-hmm. scares me. He is the dude who is the physical freak edge rusher who, to be frank, did not produce in college. Now he's a little bit better than some of the guys I'm thinking of because I do think he had a fairly solid final year in college. This year he was was pretty good. Um, that pass rush win percentage that we talked about, he was at twenty two. Um, 0.6%. But other than that, he was he was basically not even a good player until this year. Um, he's an older prospect. He's almost 23. Um, you know, when you're talking about... And which, that's great. The NFL draft is hilarious because you will say stuff like, hey, he's almost 23. He's an older prospect. <laughs> but it's true. A lot of times you're talking about guys nowadays who are entering the draft at 20, 21 I, years old. Yeah, dude, we just um, signed, right? Tremaine Edmonds was 19. Yeah, this is a dude... So he... I, I question how much of his breakout this year was because he really figured things out and how much of it was just that he was a little bit older than the guys he was facing, and he is a physical freak. And when I watch Tyree Wilson, um, 
I see a dude who doesn't doesn't really have a huge arsenal of pass rushing moves. He is a dude who used his speed and his length and his size to just kind of bully college tackles. Um, and we know that doesn't work as well in the NFL. We know you have to develop the moves in the NFL. And we know that this is hard because um, this was the exact same debate people were having last year with Trayvon Walker, whom the the Jaguars took number one overall. And, and the pro football focus guys said, this is not the profile of a guy who usually develops into a great pass rusher in the NFL. Maybe he can develop into an okay one. And, and you and and combined with solid run defense can provide value that way, but really not a guy. That, I mean, you take a an edge rusher in the top ten, you, you're wanting a perennial. You're wanting a guy yeah. that gives you double digit sacks every year. Let's be honest. You're wanting Khalil Mack. You are not wanting. Uh, I don't know who who was it. Jermaine Graham or something like that. You're, you don't want to just decide, you don't want Alex. We loved Alex Brown. You don't want Alex Brown <laughs> top ten. You're not wanting a guy who gives you five or six effort sacks and and play solid against the run um and that's Tyree Wilson has a very similar and and kind of in some ways analytically worse profile than Trayvon did in Trayvon's rookie year with the Jaguars he was kind of exactly what uh this analytics warned he would be he made some good plays against the run he was often non-existent as a pass rusher he was um, and that's what I fear with Tyree Wilson. You're going to draft this guy super high, and he's just not going to get a lot of sacks. And the guy that I, the the guys that I'm reminded of that we talked about like this in the past were um, you know like Barkevius Mingo coming out of LSU or Dion Jordan coming out of Oregon. You heard all these things about their length and their strength and their speed and and their raw, but just but there's just there is a high bust percentage with these guys that are like. No, he didn't get a lot of sacks in college. He didn't get a lot of a lot of pressures in college. But he just needs to learn the moves, and we'll teach that. We, you can't coach yep. his raw ability. And history says most of the time, like they, they don't coach it. You can't teach that. Like guy has to have some kind of an age. So this he's like the anti cancy if you will. You're talking he about Cancy doesn't have doesn't have the length, doesn't have the physical tools necessarily that you or the ideal size for the position but he's already comes equipped with a full pass rush arsenal of moves Tyree Wilson I just don't see the arsenal of moves I really don't um and that scares me I'm not saying he's not worth a first round pick um I think you do bet on tools like that in the back half of the first round because I mean you chase pass rush ability and and I mean there's like one or two guys per draft that enter with size speed and pass rush moves those guys always go top 10 I get it you're gonna have to read to, to take some chances later but you know where we're talking where the Bears might be drafting especially top 10 teams top 15 teams I'd be wary I really would um, and I think the NFL kind of feels the same because this is a guy that was like universally being mocked in the top five a little while ago and I've started to hear this time closer to the draft season, the real boards start to leak out a little bit, and I keep seeing him consistently moving farther and farther down mocks. And we heard from uh, not uh, from a source. Uh, <laughs> we I really don't like to brag that we have sources. We do he I do hear things from time to time. Uh, I am not connected or cool. I promise you. But uh, I, I've heard that Ryan Poles is really not huge. I guess not on Tyree Wilson, but on another guy that we'll talk about a little bit. But I, I know. Ryan Poles is not huge on this kind of profile, yeah. I don't think, of the guys who... We know Ryan Poles values analytics, and if the analytics are saying, like, guys who don't get a lot of pressures and disruptions in college don't tend to get them in the NFL, probably scares you off that guy a little bit. So yeah, Tyree Wilson is a dude that I, I see a lot of people just take as a slam dunk top 10 pick. I don't know that I'd do it. 
I really yeah. Do. I guess to piggyback off that, um, you want to talk about another guy who's like Tyree Wilson, although. It's... Yeah, let's go straight into because these these two are they are they are two of a kind. Yeah. You almost can't talk about one without talking about the other at this point. No, they because it's the same. Yeah, I'd the same. So, anyways, yeah, I'll let you take it because this yeah. is your guy, and uh, I, I know we've got friends and family who listen to the show, so they're Hawkeyes fans just like you. So this is your this is your anime betrayal moment. Yeah. Um, say That's it out right. loud. And I will. This is going to take me a little bit to explain. You got to give me a little time, but I, I promise I'll wrap back around to it. Okay. So my guy, as you guys know, I'm an Iowa Hawkeye fan, uh, and my biggest bust in this draft, I think, is going to be Lucas Van Ness. Uh, I was stunned when I saw that he was up on boards. Absolutely shocked. Uh, I think the first time I saw him mocked in the first round, I texted out to Kyle and I was like, wow, must be a shit draft for defensive linemen. Uh, And here's why. Uh, I think this is relevant because I think the Bears are trending this way this year on defense. Uh, The way the Iowa Hawkeyes run their defense is they have a very strong back seven, strong pass coverage. Uh, They have a great secondary, and they have linebackers who cover a lot of ground. They want to force you to throw the ball in there. They want turnovers. That's the whole goal because their offense ain't scoring, right? Uh, So what the defensive line's job is is to stop the run and to capitalize on coverage sacks when they present themselves. But it is not to disrupt and then make it so the quarterback can't throw into that back seven. That is not the point. Lucas Van Ness is one of... Many Iowa defensive linemen who moves around and has that job. He plays inside mostly. He played outside some. I can tell you that if you watch every sack that Lucas had this year, the guy who you will think is Lucas Van Ness half the time is the other guy whose last name starts with Van on the Iowa defensive line, Van Valkenburg. It is not Lucas Van Ness because most of Lucas's sacks are the result of chance. Coverage was good. Sorry, man, like the center took too long, the quarterback ran right into him and something like that. Or his sacks came against Kent State, or his sack will come against Nevada, or something like that. He, I think the way I've seen it described best is he is a guy who flashes, and you'll see this with a lot of different defensive end prospects in the draft. He flashes, oh man, he's going to have a really impressive play, but he actually disappears for the rest of the game. And that's true, he doesn't get a lot of push on the inside. He doesn't lose ground but he doesn't get a lot of push by himself. When he's in the run game, he doesn't get into the backfield, but he does hold his ground. Uh, He's just like, he's a sturdy guy. The, The deal with him and the deal with Tyree Wilson is when you meet them in person, when you see them up close, they look like they were chiseled out of stone. They, like, I mean, Lucas's nickname this entire time has been Hercules because he looks like a Greek god. It's not a joke. That's how. That's what he looks like. But when you see how it translates on the field, he doesn't have, remember this word, functional strength. He does not show what he appears to have while he is playing the game of football. He doesn't do this stuff on his own because it's not asked of him at Iowa. So what you're hoping is, with Lucas, is that he can capitalize on his genetic gifts, that he can capitalize on his freakish stature and actually do something in the NFL with it. And I don't I don't want to gamble on that in the top ten. Like you said, Kyle, late first round, early second round, that's the sweet spot for this kind of prospect to me. I don't want to say that Lucas is like not a prospect. That's not the case. But you don't take this guy in the top ten because kind of like you were just saying with Tyree, it's the kind of guy who gets six sacks, six and a half sacks, like he had this year at Iowa. 
through basically no fault of his own. You know, something just happened. Yeah. I mean, well, and you didn't even mention the main thing with Luca Vanessa that concerns a lot of people. And, and, and I mean, not every college staff utilizes its players perfectly, but this man didn't start. Mm-hmm. He did not start. He was not the starter. This is not. This is a guy that that already like his own coaching staff didn't see him as an every down player. So I, I question a guy who was a, basically a pass rushing specialist in college. Um, first of all, he had so far he has the lowest uh, of all the guys we've talked about so far. He had the lowest pass rush win rate too, as well at eighteen point eight percent. So a pass rushing specialist who isn't necessarily an elite pass rushing specialist already. Like I said, it's mostly projection. You're 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 looking at the you're looking at the body type, um, and something else you brought up too. Um, and I don't know how much stock people want to put into this, but uh, if you look at so Pro Football Focus by game, his best games are uh, who are the Jack Rapids? Is that South yeah. Dakota State? Is that who they played this year? South Dakota State, uh, Nevada. He did play fairly well against Iowa State, but this wasn't the best Iowa State team we've had in a while. Um, and then otherwise, his other best games, and not that they were even super highly rated, were like Wisconsin, Nebraska, um, an emaciated Kentucky team that we know has a horrible offensive line just from talking well, about they rested a bunch of people. Um, uh, yep. And they rested a bunch of people. He was awful. He was pretty bad against Michigan, Illinois, Ohio State, was completely erased yep. by Skaronsky against Northwestern, um, was really bad against Minnesota. Yeah. So, I mean, disappeared, basically, just like you were saying. It disappeared in every big game they had. Um, so, yeah, it's, just, it's 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 projection. I mean, and the people always kind of, well, the draft is always projection, and that's true. But you just, there are certain guys you feel like you're projecting more with. Uh, and Van Ness and Tyree Wilson, both of them are guys that just, they don't come to the NFL with a full toolbox. And to be fair, Sometimes these guys do work out. The one I keep pointing to is Ziggy Ansah. Sure. Uh, and Rashawn Gary has developed into a very nice pass rusher for the Packers, much as I'm loath to say. And that was a guy that everyone talked about him at the draft. He's like a freak, and he was all these skills. And I was like, Michigan has a great defensive coaching staff. I mean, Jim Harbaugh is a fucking weirdo, but you you got to say that Wolverines, they coach defense pretty well these days. Um, and they couldn't get anything out of Rashawn Gary. So I was always like, I'm really thinking the Green Bay Packers are going to do this. but But they did. And Ziggy Ansah was a dude that didn't have a lot of sacks in college, but he he developed into a you know a pretty good pass rusher there for a few years in the NFL. So it can work. It's just to me, there's a lot more risk uh, in these Greek god guys with questionable production <laughs> versus maybe some guys that have one or two question marks, like size wise, like Cansey or or Nolan Smith, but but fucking rush the shit out of the passer. Yeah, and I think the other thing about Ziggy, uh, which really needs to be said, because that's also the guy that comes to mind with me, a, a genetic freak who maybe you're like, I don't know, does he have a bag of tricks? Ziggy uh, Ziggy hadn't seen a fucking football until he got to BYU. Uh, like, he didn't, he didn't play football. So you were actually projecting that as this guy learns the position, he's like he's like a four-year-old in football terms. So that's not the case with Lucas Van Ness. This dude's been playing football since he was eight, you know? Like, you either have it or you don't at this point, I think. And he and Tyree Wilson, neither of them have shown that they have it. And, man, I don't want to take that risk in the top ten to see if they'll get it in the NFL. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think that's the hot take on the the. And you know, I, I think in twenty twenty three, this uh, 
this old football scout axiom is a little problematic, but they're they're uh, an old scout that scouting phrase has been used for a long time, and, and that I oh, I most associated with it with um, uh, Vernon Golston uh, looks like Tarzan, plays like Jane. Yeah, um, that was. That's that's the kind of, that's the phrase I just can't shake with some of these guys. Where, where if the only great things you have to say about a prospect are about how he looks the part, how he fits the profile, his prototypical size, prototypical this, but I'm like, but what did he, what did he do? Uh, yeah, I just got wow. attacked by my cat. Hello, folks. Yeah. Hi, Attila. Hello, Attila the cat. He's a son of a bitch. Um, yeah, but no, what you were saying is basically, uh, you know, the same thing I'm just saying. It's functional strength. Stop looking at how big they are. Stop looking at how tall and how fat they are. And look at how they use it. And Lucas, he doesn't use it right. And Tyree, the only thing he can do is use it. That's it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's yeah. The, the, so the pro football focus, Mike Renner's uh, draft, one of his negatives about Tyree, as he says, he's like, does not always no. have a plan. And that's basically it. Like, you see a guy who has just relied on, like, I'm the biggest, strongest, tallest motherfucker, and I will push you over. And, I mean, sometimes that's going to work in the NFL, but, like, we know that that you're going to have to have more in your arsenal than that. And I'm always questionable. Well, like, you're playing an all-star team of left tackles. There are only 32 left tackles in the NFL. You are getting, what, the four best left tackles from every year, if that, you know? And you're a guy, you can't bowl yeah. those guys over. Those are the same guys. Like you said, quality yeah. of competition, those are the guys that stuffed you. And they are everywhere now. Yeah, and Skaronsky. Yeah, and Skaronsky. I mean, completely erased him. He was. Yeah, a you brought up Minnesota. It's John Minnesota. Michael Schmitz. It's the same thing. It's just you're going away with those guys. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're gonna move in. You you took out. You put the knife in Luca Van Ness. You took down your Hawkeye. I'm gonna I'm gonna put one. I'm gonna meet your sacrifice. I'm sacrifice, stunned by this. I'm gonna say. It's it hurts me because okay, I love Devin Witherspoon. He was the best thing about watching the twenty twenty two Fighting Illini. I love Devin Witherspoon's tape. So many people say he's got like the best tape of any that any corners put out out there in four or five six years. I love Devin Witherspoon. I also worry about Devin Witherspoon because I think this man has a little Bob Sanders in him. And, and and what that means, if you remember <laughs> just, Bob Sanders, and I know I Travis does, because a Hawkeye legend, and he was an outstanding safety for the Indianapolis Colts when he played. But if you'll remember, he didn't play very often because this man threw himself at ball carriers with reckless abandon, no instinct whatsoever for self-preservation. And the number one thing I like about Devin Witherspoon is the thing that scares the shit out of me. Devin Witherspoon will yeah. kick your ass. He will take it to you on every snap. He will erase the flats. He is not afraid to level and throw over shoulder into a running back. He's not afraid to take on a tight end. He will jam you. He will fight you. I never saw a wide receiver who looked like he had, was having a good time matched up against Devin Witherspoon. He has that mentality that I want defensive backs to have. I want my corners to be just complete pricks. I do. Like, you can tell that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson now of the Lions, goddammit. Um, you can tell that he just makes everyone mad. Like, he drives you insane. And that's what I like about Devin Witherspoon. But, I'm going to say this about Devin Witherspoon. He weighed in at the Combine at... Hold on, Devin... What was it? Oh, some ASMR in here. Getting that uh, keyboard typing going on, huh? 
he weighed in at 181 pounds. The other top corner in this draft, for example, Christian Gonzalez, weighed in at 201. Sauce Gardner, the top corner last year, 201. So he's like 20 pounds lighter than an average cornerback, especially an average top-tier cornerback. And a lot of people think this means he's going to have to be confined to the nickel in the NFL, which in and of itself is, again, not a bad thing. Um, but it's a, it's, it's a place where you're taking on ball carriers and you're taking and you're tra- plowing through traffic. And I do worry that the intensity and, and the recklessness and the hate in his heart, I do worry it might betray him down the road in, an, in, a, in a slowly trickling series of shoulder injuries, head injuries, etc. Because he just plays with such violence that you love and then you pause for a second and you go, but do we initiate some contact that maybe some corners who are making business decisions would avoid? So I don't know that it would scare me off of taking this guy high. I mean, he's so good. The tape is so incredible. But I do worry about his longevity precisely because of how aggressively he plays. That is, I mean, I can't exactly argue with that take because really all you're saying is, you know, my I, I love him, but I think he's going to get hurt, which is probably true because, yeah, I mean, we talked about Marvin Mims last week, and I love that guy because of how vicious he is in run blocking. Like, he wants to hit somebody. Witherspoon definitely reminds you of Bob Sanders, uh, and, yeah, the same thing as Marvin Mims. He seems to want to hurt people. He is not scared to fly at someone and just launch himself like a missile into them until they explode into dust. And I love him for it, but it should be said, too, his covered skills are absolutely off the charts. I don't think I ever saw him get beat. I... No, he's incredible. I I will put on my tinfoil hat and say the only bad game I saw him have was when the fucking Michigan refs were throwing a flag every time he breathed on a wide receiver. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, as, as far as the player goes, as far as the tape goes, as far as the coverage ability goes, as far as the speed goes, I'm all about Devin Witherspoon. I just I worry about the size um yeah and i do think the one the only thing i do worry about uh the other thing i do worry about um with him as far as on the field stuff go is i do think he's such an instinctual player and that's what allows him to play the way he plays uh and he's very smart i do worry that in the nfl um he actually is maybe a little bit physically overmatched, and I do think if he, you know, that that doesn't that's not going to give him quite the same edge that it gave him in college uh, to to make up for maybe being a step or two behind or not being as big or as strong as the guys he's going up against. So I do think he's a smart player, and he's going to have to be, I think, to make up for some of the limitations of his size. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, we can piggyback off this and talk a little about the corners. I guess I have one corner hot take. Uh, I do think the two guys who are at the top of this draft, as far as corners, are the only two guys with the potential to be real number one corners in this draft. I think Gonzalez is basically perfect. He can't really play the run very well, but who gives a shit? Uh, Witherspoon, obviously, is fantastic. <laughs> I, like I said, I don't think I ever saw him get beat. He He's just on people like and he loves to hit people. I understand if he's going to be your number one corner, he's going to be up against a lot of 6'4 guys, and that's going to be a problem for him. And a lot of guys with a lot more muscle than he has, and that will be a problem for him. But like you said, he's such a smart player, I think he can get past it. I think think the only guy in the next tier of corners in this draft who could be a solid, reliable starting corner is Joey Porter's kid. 
Um, like, just really weirdly long arms on this guy uh, kind of scares me. Uh, but he's also just great in coverage. He's not, like, super fast or anything, but he seems to always be in the right place. The one I don't understand is the Maryland kid, Banks. Uh, watching tape of that guy, um, I, I don't I don't fucking get it. I don't see anything in him at all. Like, I see him getting beat. He got smoked by Ohio State. It didn't matter who lined up against him. He got shook off. He got run past. He got tossed off. Uh, It was was disturbing. Uh, We talked about the high level of competition. How do you do against the best possible dudes? Uh, He he looks like a dumpster fire out there. And you look at him play other games, and he's okay. Uh, But he's not... He's not the kind of guy. He's not even a Joey Porter Jr. Uh, in that I don't even think he's going to be a strong second option on your team. I, like I just don't see it. Uh, so there you go. If you want a hot take for me, I think the oh, Banks wow. kid is going to be out of the league in three years. Oh man, uh, I actually really like. There you go. We got one. We got <laughs> one, dude. We finally got one. We disagree on. <laughs> He forces a lot of, I mean, he had, he had a lot of passes defense. He forced, like, had a lot of forced incompletions. He ranked really high there. He's got good speed. Oh, this is um, great. We haven't disagreed on, like, anything this year. <laughs> I'm so excited. I mean, he only allowed, he only allowed a completion percentage against a 43%. Like, that's pretty impressive to me. And if you're picking on the guy for struggling against Ohio State, I guess. I mean, I guess. I watched Joe, here, let me put it this way. I watched Joey Porter play against Ohio State, and he shut down Marvin Harrison Jr. (laughs) So. I, I like, I like Deontay Banks, and he's tall, he's pretty tall for a corner, and he's fast, I mean, he ran like a four. He's really going to stick out when he misses all those assignments. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. You just fucking, yeah. I don't even prepare yeah. for you. You didn't go over this in the notes. You just fucking hammered my guy for like 10 minutes before I was able to say anything. I liked it. Yeah, you're fucking welcome. He's like, I think he's corner three for me. Jesus. All right, write That's, this one down. We got one. We got one for the future, man. All right. I don't yeah, think he right. cuts the so mustard. Take it to the banks, <laughs> if you will. Travis does not like That's Deontay. Right. I, I I was like, damn it. I've seen people underrate this Deontay mm-hmm. fellow. He'd be a good second-round corner option for the Bears, maybe. Throw him, <laughs> Throw him out. Dude, see, here's the deal, man. I've been taking heat on Twitter the last couple weeks for some of my takes, all right? I think my Justin Herbert one got a little out of context, uh, but I know this one's going to get me. Someone is going to give you a tweet that's like, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm in the maybe I'm alone in the woods. I I, I like Deontay Banks, but yeah, I'm trying to look for trying to look for the stay. I, I he look, plays aggressive. I like him. Is it, um, in the meantime, do you want me to finally yeah. talk about Will Anderson? Yeah, you're gonna finish. You're gonna take us out with I think your hottest take okay. of them all. So by well, God. now to be fair, to be fair, I'm not I'm not saying Will Anderson is a bad football player. I'm saying I have some concerns relative to the three guys I would put ahead of him. We already know who those are. It's Jalen Carter, it's Kalijah Kansi, and it's Nolan Smith. Um, and my reasoning is is thus: uh, Will is like the ideal technician. He has every single tool in his bag. He is the Home Depot of uh, of defensive technique on the line. He will find a way to get around you, or he will get through you. Um, like he's going to try everything. There is nothing that he can't do except 
when he runs into a tackle like Darnell Wright, who we are going to talk a lot about uh, next week, and I know this has come up a lot on the internet, so I'm sure people are pretty familiar with this. When Will Anderson came up against Darnell this season, he didn't just get shut out. uh, He got deleted. It was like Will Anderson did not exist. And all Darnell had to do was stand there and wait for an attack. That's it. Because the one thing Will Anderson does not have is a threatening bull rush. If you are going up against a strong enough tackle, his bull rush is worthless. He does not have the strength to push a guy over. And Darnell Wright knew that. So what he did was he said, I'm either going to get beat to my left or to my right. So I'm going to let him come to me. I'm basically going to play uh, like I'm guarding him in basketball. And I'm going to let him stay off of me until he has to engage. And once he engages, a guy like Darnell Wright, who has functional strength that is off the charts, just held him in place. And that was it for Will Anderson. His day was done. It got so bad that by the end of the game, Will was simply backing off and deciding to become an extra passer. He would kind of rush in. If he was going to get blocked, he just backed off. He got completely destroyed by this guy. Now, this is a guy I like a lot. I like Darnell Wright a whole lot. Uh, We're going to talk a lot about Darnell Wright next week. But this is the level of dude that he is going to see in the NFL at right tackle and at left tackle. It's going to be a big dude with a lot of functional strength. And if they know that you can't bull rush them, you're in a lot of trouble. You have to have that in your bag. We talk about Tyree and like how much of a concern he is because he only has a bull rush. The opposite can be true. If you, you don't think Anderson, if you can't rush. run through a guy and everybody knows that it's a non-threat, then you could get stonewalled. Now, here's the thing: Will Anderson can bulk up. He can gain more muscle. He could get through these guys. Maybe that's absolutely a possibility, and I think it's a much better per- possibility than Tyree does of learning all the tools that Will has. And I don't think, and I want to be clear about this, I don't think he's going to be neutralized in the NFL. I think he's going to get sacks. I think he's going to be a good player, but he, I don't think he has the upside of the three guys I have ahead of him because I think a lot like Bryce Young, he's being held back by his size and who he is and what strength he has in his arms. Okay. So you're telling me, honest to God, if you're an NFL GM and somehow, some way, Will Anderson and Kalijah Cansey are both on the board. I am telling you this. And you're in the yes. top ten. You're taking Kalijah Cansey over 100%. Will Anderson. Incredible. And for the record, I think it's really that's gr- stupid. Just incredible. I, I'm totally fine with you thinking that's stupid. I think Will Anderson could very well be the next Khalil. Oh, I just, come I, on. Do you, I, have you, did you lot, ever watch Khalil Mack? Okay. So for the record, I found the stat on Deontay Banks, okay. by the way, that I wanted to find. Uh, it's from the Shaving Points podcast, which is which is run by uh, a guy that I referenced last week at Butkus Stats, uh, Quentin, good dude, um, listener to the pod. So hi, Quentin. I'm shouting you out again, buddy. Uh, he statistically, Deontay Banks allowed 50 catches on 102 targets, 49 percent, for 557 yards across 28 games, 23 starts at Maryland. That is 1.8 catches for 20 yards per game over his. That's very good. That's, That's very good. Very man. good. That's very good, Travis. 
That's I'm, I'm I don't with I don't disagree about the stats, and I I mean the stats are what got him there, and obviously he has the size. The stats, see, he had the size, yeah, but I mean, like we've talked about it. What, what did you say about the quarterbacks? What's what's the quote you always give me about the quarterbacks? You can tell uh, if a guy is going to suck, but you can't tell by the stats if he's going to be good in the NFL, right? <laughs> okay. So you're saying the stats lie, the stats lie. The Not stats every time. Wrong. I mean, I know why he's there. Calling him I know why he's up there. That's why we're talking about him right now. But, yeah, I when I watch Kalijah Kansi and then I watch Will Anderson, I go, I one of these guys looks like a superstar, and the other guy looks like he, sometimes – he just gets fucked up. But it's not every time. Now, if he runs up against the guy who he can beat, who he can bull rush, Will Anderson is a, is an absolute nightmare. That's why he gets all these sacks. These are not fraudulent sacks. What I'm saying is he's going to struggle against NFL talent if they have more strength than he does, if they can just basically ignore his bull rush. But if they can't, if he if he does gain like 10 pounds of muscle and he knows how to use it, then I'm going to look like a fucking idiot, uh, which is fine. I, I will accept looking like a fucking idiot, but that that's my concern about I Will. Think you're gonna now, like to be him. fair, again, I'm not saying take Tyree over him. I'm saying the three guys ahead of him I think are really good. You're saying take Kalijah Cansey, which I think for most people is even more controversial. Yeah. Uh, I can see why you got there, but wow, that's 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 yeah. a lot. That is a lot. And and I just want to say, as we head out, like I think you're <laughs> the, I really do. That's... That's what dumb. You, That's dumb. What do you think of Will Anderson? There's not a lot Give me of your take on Will Anderson. You just said he's going to look like the next Khalil Mack, which is fucking stupid, but... Yeah. I think he's good. <laughs> I think my take on Will Anderson is that he's good. The guy with a bajillion sacks the last two years is good. He can play football. I mean, again, um, I'm not saying... This is how the Justin Herbert take got taken out of context. I'm saying I think he's the fourth best defensive end here. You called the no, fourth no, no, best no, defensive no, 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 no. lineman Herb- in the draft. The Justin Herbert... The Justin Herbert thing did not get taken out of context. You called him mid before you'd even really watch the guy. And I told you that was a really stupid right, take. So I didn't take shit All right, out it of got taken. It got taken in context, all right? But there's a whole lot of other story about you shoving Justin Herbert down my throat that goes into it. All right, just the same with this Willie Anderson thing. I want to be clear. I think he can be a pro bowler. I think he can be very successful in the NFL. I think he's missing something. The three guys ahead of him are not. I, I just don't... I think there's a chance that he fails. Okay, wait. And the three guys that you have ahead of Will Anderson are, are, are Carter, Cansey, and who? Wait, who Nolan Smith, Smith would be number three. Oh, you, you, so you, you, went, you went there. To, yeah. Wow. Wow. Do you, you know who else had Will Anderson as, like, the fourth or fifth? Oh, I saw that thing. In this draft. draft. Mr. Yeah, Chris but, Sims. So how do you yeah. feel... Being in the same, you are in the tape. Okay, but who else was up there? Mister raised in a laissez-faire environment himself, and I, I mean, let's face it, you you were raised in a laissez-faire environment. Were you not, him, sir? I'm raised all not? up in a laissez-faire environment. But, but now, now tell me who else Chris Sims had in that list because that was a funny ass list. No, it's not the same list that you had, but I mean, it's, I think if I put your list on Twitter and anyone knew who the fuck you so were, you get here's what I take. think. It's a special brain you've got going on here. So your your ranking of defensive linemen, mm. period, in this draft. It starts with yep. Jalen Carter, it goes to Kalijah Kansi, it's Nolan Smith and that That's my ranking. Here's what I think here's what I think I've found as we've gone through all these positions, we've done this exercise over the last several weeks, is that I mean it's the same thing with Tony Richardson. I think if I'm drafting in the top ten, I'm betting on like 
You're I'm betting on explosive, explosive traits. traits. I'm hoping to hit a home run, right? And I think Will Anderson is very safe, like Bryce Young. But if there's a guy who I think has a couple more explosive traits, who could be an all-pro level dude ahead of him, I think that's what I would what I would take. I think that's what I'm learning about myself. Okay, but that's an interesting take when we have shot down mm-hmm. Van Ness and Wilson, because I think people would argue that those guys are the traits guys. They got the traits. So what is it that distinguishes a Cansey's traits or a Nolan Smith's, well, from a Cansey's traits from, from a Tyree's traits? Uh, it's the seeing them use them, right? It's Van Ness didn't show that he could use them. It's Tyree hasn't shown that he can do the things you're projecting him to do, right? Cansey, Nolan Smith, Jalen Carter, I've seen them use all of those traits that are on the card, right? I've seen them use the RAS score actually in action, and I've seen Will Anderson do it too. I don't want to, I, I, you know, I don't want to bury Will Anderson here. I just think those three guys ahead of him, they are bigger home run swings to me. Interesting. Wow. I'm gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna go out on that one because I do think it's a dumb take, and I hope years from now, on after like his fifth Pro Bowl appearance, people, friends, fans of the pod are still dumping on Travis for being a Will Anderson doubt. Not real. Um, I mean, again, I. <laughs> also, I mean, if you're people that are like good at slicing video or whatever, and you want to like tweet at me like a video of Will Anderson just like winning bull rush after bull rush, I bet it's out there. Um, just shove at him too. Also, I'll make sure he sees it. I know he's not on Twitter, but I'll get it to him, folks. So yeah, I think that's a great place to end tonight with some takeage. You 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 fired it off, Will Anderson, your fourth ranked see, defensive lineman in the twenty twenty. See, NFL you're gonna draft. you're gonna that's pretend great. like three years from now you're gonna be like you said he would suck, and I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I want to make it clear. I don't think he'll yeah. suck. I think the other guys have a better chance of being like crazy all pro dudes. You'd give. Uh, just massive deals to than Will Anderson. I still think I would take him in the top ten. The other three guys were gone. I, you know, I don't fucking like most of the other people in the top ten of this draft. So maybe he'd still be in my top ten, Kyle. It's an incredible. <laughs> it's that's something. It's something. That's I asked for takes and and, and buddy, I, I provide. I, you did. I can't wait for the tweets. Wow. God damn it! Right. You're gonna send me so many tweets. I am. I want to. I want Fucking them to hell. Come. So please, people, if you're listening to this and you're like, "Wow, Kyle's really paired up," with me, <laughs> uh, by God, let me see it because, like, that's that's twenty years I've been seeking this kind of validation, right. people. I, okay, yeah. next week, next uh, week yeah. we get to talk next about week, the Bears draft. The table, the table set. We we have gone away from the from Bears exclusive for a couple of weeks. We wanted to broaden our horizons. We wanted the people to know that this is not going to be solely a Bears mm-hmm. podcast, but. It is primarily a Bears podcast, and we've set the table. We've gone through what this draft seems to offer, uh, and then next week we'll come in here. We're going to say, here's what the Bears should do. Pick 9, pick 53, pick 61. We're going to go through it. We're probably not going to go all the way into the seventh round because Travis and I have a stance that's like the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds. Those are There was a guy who was supposed to be going in the sixth who is fast moving up boards who we're going to talk. Guys, I've watched so much offensive line tape. I'm so ready to fucking talk. I'm so tired of watching offensive linemen. Who's the Will Anderson of the offensive line, Travis? Who's the guy that everyone thinks is good that you're here to tell me isn't? You know what? I'm going to tease you. I definitely have a guy for next week. I'm going to... Absolutely. I'm going to tease you on it. Yeah. All right. Well... That's a good place to leave it then. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Uh, yeah, good night, and uh, we'll see you next week when it comes time to, to tell Ryan Poles how to God do his job right. again. So, <laughs> see right, good night. <laughs>